welcome to the Moldy Avocado Podcast. Um, I'm going on a whim here because uh, I, I'm doing some last minute homework. It's 10.43. I need to go to sleep. Um, I've been sick for the past day. I've been home all day and I haven't done anything productive. So, I'm just now getting to it. And I also really need to pee. So it's just going great, you know. But I'm doing this anyways. Um, there's like a reading test thing that I need to do online. That I have to, I have to do at home. Because I didn't finish it in class. <laughs> so, I thought it would be a cool thing to record on a podcast. Because why not? So, okay, here's, uh, here's the first, uh, here's the thing, okay? This excerpt comes from an article by researchers Paul Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Thibodeau? Thibodeau. And Lyra Boroditsky. Um, wow, those are some last names. Uh, that explores how humans use abstract thinking to make concrete decisions. Okay. The way we talk about complex and abstract ideas is suffused with a metaphor. With metaphor. In five experiments, we explore how these metaphors influence the way that we reason our complex issues and forage for further information about them. We find that even the subtlest instantiation, instantiation, yeah, instantiation of a metaphor via a single word, that's in parentheses, can have a powerful influence over how people attempt to solve social problems like crime and how they gather information to make well-formed, well-informed, in quotes, decisions. Interestingly, we find that influence of the metaphorical framing effect is covert. People do not recognize metaphors as influential in their decisions. Instead, they point to more substantive... I don't really know what that word is either. In quotes, substantive substantive we love uh, listening to someone struggle reading in parentheses often numerical and parentheses information as the well as the what as the motivation for the problem solving decision we find that exposure to even a single metaphor can induce a substantial differences in opinion about how to solve problems. Differences that are larger, for example, pre-existing differences in opinion between Democrats and Republicans. 
Oh. For a second, I thought at the end there, there were like, social problems. That's when there's, when there's like, a differences that are larger, for, for example. You know, I was like, um, I think, I think we all know. Even though you're using weird words, and y'all have weird last names in your writing, doesn't mean I know what social problems are. <laughs> Okay, anyways. Um, well, they can't. Anyways. Um, question number one. The author of this passage mentions the pre-existing differences in opinion between Democrats and Republicans. In order to... Option number one suggests that humans form opinions on a language level before they form opinions on ideological level. Did I read that right? Kind of. I kind of read it right. I'm not, I'm not gonna read it again. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still slightly sick, so my bad. Um, imply that people tend to vote with their gut, not with their brain. Okay, and then contrast the way humans think about serious issues with the way humans think about trivial problems. You know, at this point, I don't know what this whole article was about because I was so focused on reading it out loud. Just like, I can't process things. And the last option to choose from is argue that people often form strong opinions before they've learned all the facts. You know, people do all, all of those options. Just the first one is just a, it's just like all fancy, like of an ideological level, you know? Uh... We find that exposure to even a single metaphor can induce substantial differences in opinion about. You know, I feel like it's the it's the last one. Argue that people often form strong opinions before they learned all the facts, right? I don't know. People listening probably are like, nah, you're wrong. <laughs> And, hey, I, I, I wouldn't doubt that, okay? Let's go to the next question. Um, the author describes the influence of the metaphorical framing effect as covert because, well, I don't really know exactly what covert means, so let's look that up real quick in the, in the tab. Not covert means. Wait, let's. How do you how do you pronounce it? My volume's not on. Okay. Covert. Covert. It's pronounced covert. 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 Oh. Covert. 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 Covert or. Covert. Wow. Okay. Um, not openly acknowledged or displayed. 
So what were you talking about? <laughs> Not on. Okay. Oh, I mean, so metaphorical framing effect as uh, not openly, openly acknowledged or displayed. Um, because many people rely on metaphors to make important choices without realizing they are doing so. Most people are afraid to admit they've made decisions based on symbols and stories. Many people cannot explain why or how they make decisions. They make the decisions that they do. I can relate to that one because, yes, sometimes I make a decision and I'm like, why did I do that? I don't know why I did that. Why did, why, what was, what was I thinking then? No one knows. Okay? But everyone knows I'm a dang fool. You know how you, everyone has that feeling. Um, and I'm like, you know, based on that, I feel like I should choose that one. Okay, the last option is most people claim they've made decisions based on feelings when they've really made decisions based on facts. You know, eh, that one's wrong. Yeah, I don't like that one, so... We're going with the that last, the one that I liked. Okay, number three. In context, the term subtilist ins- Oh no, it's one of the fancy ones. Instantation most likely means... Well, I know what subtle means. So it must be like slightest suggestion. The other ones are like hard evidence, poorly executed, uh, or visual proof. Wait, poorly educated. Now I'm confused. Wait. Where where was that part? People do not recognize as substantive. No, that's not the one. Where is it? Substantive. But this was in in uh, in whatever you know. Oh, here it is. We find that even the subtlest. Oh. Can I have a powerful... Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Slightest suggestion. That's what it is. Okay. Moving on to the next passage. This passage is adapted from an essay in the Public Domain Review about the connection between 19th century American author Frank Norris. Finally, a last name that I can pronounce. And the invention of film editing. Oh, film editing. Oh, okay. This is, this is how it starts. 
is that I'm reading the passage now. To trust in such an improbable invention as the camera required a grand collective leap of faith similar to the kind required by religion or occult forms of spirituality. Indeed, film was from a very from the very start compared to ghost wait what am i reading this right okay let's start that sentence over again let's like rewind indeed film was from the very start compared to ghosts phantoms and dreams figments which were authored by the mind but were not to be trusted by the rational brain. It was film's natural place inside of the same area between something witnessed and something believed. Something that exists but cannot completely be explained to the satisfaction of many. That made it appear uncanny by the fruits famous 1919 definition the thing that calls into question not only for external environment but the stability the stability of our own minds and susceptibilities susceptibilities <laughs> Our faculties of perception. So susceptibilities is that one means a person's most vulnerable feelings. That one they actually had a definition for below the passage. Wow. Okay. So one sentence that probably didn't uh, make sense to the listeners is that there's a. This part that says that made it appear uncanny by Froude's famous 1919. Um, Froude's is a is a name of something. I don't know. It's it's capitalized. Froude's famous 1919. 1919 as in the year 1919. So and then it says definition. Whatever. I don't know. It's uh, odd. I, I, reading this, that part, I was like, what? This doesn't make sense. Who is Frude? We don't know who Frude is. Anyways, Frude is rude. Introduce yourself, Frude. Thank you very much. Not? Anyways, first question. Uh, which of the following best describes the main idea of the passage? Well... Ghost phantoms and dreams. That's that's the that's the main idea, right? <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, the first moviegoers believed that film technology was the product of occult forces. Um, the earliest film audience found their faculties of perception sharpened by the new medium. That doesn't sound right. This 
The first films shocked and frightened people in the early years of the two... I don't know why I'm saying two. Um, because that's not even written down on there. I just wanted to say two. Um, the first films shocked and frightened people in the early 20s of the new technology. The earliest films appealed mainly to scholars and academics, not regular people. I'm gonna say that the moviegoers believed that film technology was the product of occult forces. Occult forces. That's, that's my guess. Number two. What is the relationship between the first sentence, to trust, and the last sentence, it was, in this passage? I didn't notice that. Okay, so, it says, to trust in the beginning. Oh, I have a yawn. Where does it say it was? Where is it was? Um, oh. Yeah, to trust. And then it was a film's natural place. To trust in such an invention. Okay. Well. There's a, they have a, to trust and it was, had a relationship between each other in the passage. Okay, here are the four different options, I guess. The question in the first sentence foreshadows the argument made in the last sentence. I don't think so. The details in the first sentence support the conclusion drawn in the last sentence. This last sentence questions and reshapes what? The last sentence questions and reshapes the claim made in the first sentence. It's too many sentences and questions in one sentence. You know? Anyways, the last option is the last sentence repeats and expands on the comparison made in the first sentence. I'm gonna just choose the last option for the heck of it. I don't feel like uh, looking into it much because it's 11 o'clock and I'm tired and I'm kind of sick. And it's kind of hard to talk with a stuffed up nose. Am I right, ladies and gents? And and the and the and the other people of course etc everyone's welcome anyways here's a here's the next passage this passage is excerpted hold on okay i need i need a tissue break this is gonna be kind of gross um I don't feel like editing this out, so, uh, you have been warned. Woo!
Did you hear that? Wow. I feel so much better now. Not. Anyways. Here's the... Okay, yeah. This is the next one. Here it is. <coughs> this passage is accepted from the 18th century satirist Jonathan Swift's famous essay, A Modest Proposal. Oh, shit. I know about this A Modest Proposal. I didn't know it was a Swift. <laughs> you know what that means. Tay-Tay is... Tay-Tay is a Swift. Jonathan... Jonathan... Ooh, it's Jonathan with no H. Well, I mean... Hear me out, fellas. Okay, G-O-N, not G-O-N. H-N. That's what I'm getting at. It's, uh... I'm not saying it's Jonathan. Honestly. Jonathan would have been a better name. Anyways. Uh... A Modest Proposal. I had to read some of that. A Modest Proposal thing. Um... For my my uh, my AP Lang class, which is the class that I got a C on, in like on like my incredible comic, my satire comic, I got a C on my satire comic, and my satire comic was awesome. I talked about it in the last podcast. If you, oh my gosh, I was upset. But anyways, let's read this passage. Um, I have been assured by very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a young healthy child well nursed is at a year old, a most delicious nurse... I can't read anymore. Okay, let me just um, get my thoughts together really quick. I remember this passage because this was a weird one. Because the satire is about uh, the satire is eating kids. You know. And, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a very high level of reading, if I'm honest. I've always had trouble with reading. So, when I read, it's extremely hard for me to process (laughs) what I'm reading. So, I'm just reading this and I'm like, how is this sat, what is this satire for? He's just talking about eating a kid. And I'm like, oh, it's satire because... Yeah, I I can't... I can't come up with a reason. So, yeah. Here we are again, reading it once more. Still doesn't make sense. Okay. So, we're, we're gonna read it from the top again. Sorry. 
I have a sh- I already fucked up. <laughs> okay. Red, yellow, leather, red, blah, blah. I'm so good at that. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Rubber baby bubby bunkers. <laughs> Is that what it was? Rubber baby bubby bunkers. <laughs> I don't think that's the right words. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. I think it was buggy bumpers <laughs> instead of bubby bumpers. <laughs> Why is this making me laugh? (laughs) Okay, this is good. This is a good podcast. (laughs) Okay. Um, I have been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a young, healthy child, well-nursed, is, at a year old, a most delicious, nourishing and wholesome food, whether stewed, roasted, baked, or boiled. And I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricasse or ragu. So a fricasse is a traditional meat stew from France, if y'all wanted to know. And a ragu, it's actually like spelt out um, R-A-G- O-U-T, so it's out but I feel like it's ragu, you know? Because sometimes the T is silent, you know, and you, yeah. Ragu is a slow-cooked dish containing vegetables, seasoning, and meat. So, yeah, basically a stew. I feel like that's still a stew. Whatever. Okay. I do therefore humbly offer it to the public consideration that of the hundred and twenty thousand people um excuse me that doesn't say people that says children how did I do that in my brain how how do I read a word and say a word that is completely different from what I read how does that work brain tell me what are you waiting for? Okay, anyways. <sighs> From the beginning. Not the beginning, but the, the second beginning. I do therefore humbly uh, offer it to the public consideration that of the, t- that of the 120,000 children already... <sighs> Okay, my bad, guys. Um, I... <laughs> my phone went off, and, um, if you couldn't tell that, that, uh, that was Law and Order, that's my, that's my notification bell. It's pretty great. So I'm gonna keep that in, if you guys don't mind. Anyways, let's continue reading, because I'm struggling very hard right now. Okay. I do therefore humbly offer it to the public consideration that of the 120,000 children already computed computed? They had computers back then? (laughs) I'm 
kidding. 20,000 may be reserved for breed. Whereof only one-fourth part to be males, which is more than we allow to sheep, black cattle, or swine, and my reason is that these children are seldom the fruits of marriage, or marriage, a circumstance not much regarded by our savages, therefore own. Therefore, one male (laughs) will be sufficient to serve our serve form females. Why is this so hard to read? I just, I'm, I'm not just saying bullshit words. I'm actually reading something. Okay, one male will be sufficient to serve four females. Okay, rude. I feel like I could be... I, I feel like one female is me. You know? I can... I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, that the remaining 100,000 may, at a year old, be offered in sale to the persons of quality and fortune. Through the kingdom... Always advising the mother to let them suck plentifully in the last month, so as to render from them plump and fat for a good table. Period. A child would make two dishes at an entertainment for friends. Comma. And when the family dines alone, comma, they four are hind. Or hind, hind, quarter, hind, wait, the four, F-O-R-E, or hind quarter, will make a reasonable dish, and seasoned with a light pepper of salt, or salt, like, uh, oh my god, it didn't even say that, I'm just... Seasoned with a little pepper or salt will be very good boiled on the fourth day, especially in the winter. Okay, well, that was the passage. Oh my god, it's been 30 minutes. Dang. I didn't want to stay up that late. (laughs) Here I am. Here I am again on my own. Sorry, that was that probably hurt, made your eardrums bleed. Whoops, not bad. Okay, first question. Let's get this stuff over with. The overall tone of this passage can be best described as matter of fact, deeply ironic, uh, cruel and frivolous. Highly satirical, but self-conscious, sullen, and agitated. Satirical and self-conscious. Yeah. Honestly, I probably... I probably could have done all these questions without even reading it, because I know what this article... I knew what the article was about beforehand. 
I'm just, uh, I'm just wasting time. Just kidding, I'm not. I'm recording a podcast. So it's worth it. Um, why does the narrator believe that only a quarter of male children should be set aside for breeding? He believes that adult men are more important for a society's growth than adult women. He predicts that female children will be more delicious than male children. He- Ooh. Oh. That is so creepy sounding. <laughs> like, he predicts that female children will be more delicious than male children. That is like... Imagine, like, someone, like, like, okay, here, this is what's going through my head, like, um, there's the, there's the author of, (laughs) of A Modest Proposal, they're in court, and, uh, someone's, like, someone's reading out what they were saying at the, at the, at the, at the crime, you know? He predicted that female children will be more delicious than male children. And then the jury goes, <gasps> Murmur, murmur, I'm saying murmur. I don't know if you guys can tell because I have cold. Anyways. I don't think that made any sense to people. But it was... Oh my god. Law and order. Again. Um, maybe I should, like, silence my phone. Oh well. Okay. Um, he assumes that when they grow up, they will have children with multiple partners. Okay. He suspects that all children who will be set aside for eating are savages. Um, I'm so lost. Um, I'm gonna choose the second one, the creepy one. That female children are more delicious than male children. Don't take that out of context, please. That is not me. I don't eat children. I don't like children. Unlike some people, you know, they really love children. And good ways and bad (laughs) ways. Okay. Uh, Let's try to dig myself out of this hole. Okay. What's the next question? What is the order of events in the narrator's plan? Oh, I don't wanna. Okay. You know, at this point, I just wanna click a random thing. Uh... 20,000 children should be raised as food, the 100,000 remaining, blah, 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 to the gender at one year old, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sure. Let's submit that. Thank you. Am I done? Oh my gosh. I'm done. You've completed the zinc diagnostic. I am at a level four. Is that a good level for being a senior in high school? Uh, 
By default, your articles page will now display articles based on your level 4. Got it. What's level 4? Can you explain to me? And there it goes again. I'm so sorry, guys. That might be hurting your poor little ear. Ear AirPods, you know. Let me... Let me, uh, let me check this thing really quick. My, my buddies are, uh, are sending me some memes. Looks like they're TikToks. Both of them are videos, so I cannot look at them. Great! Stop sending me stuff. Also, my buddies need to simply just go to sleep, honestly. It's time to sleep. So, okay. Well, that was the, that was the reading lab that I had to finish. Um... This was just a short, special podcast, you know? I'm tired. My legs hurt for some reason. I think it's because I've been sitting crisscross applesauce for too long. Yeah! I have leg problems. I have back problems. I have a lot of problems. I feel like I need to sneeze, but I don't want to sneeze because I'm recording right now. But it's fine. It's alright. It's a good, it's a good time, you know. Uh, so, how do we want to end this? Well, here's the thing. I'm trying to come up with, like, a little segment for me to do, like, at the beginning of the podcast or at the ending, so I have, like, a nice ending for people to be like, yeah, I had a great, that was, I had to, I listened to a great podcast, you know, and, you know, feel satisfied when they, when they leave or when they, oh, come listen to the podcast, but I don't have anything yet. (laughs) Um, I have a couple ideas, so I guess I'll share, I'll share those really quick. You know, some behind the scenes stuff, so here's some ideas for pod specials. That's how I titled it in my, um, composition notebook for Moldy Avocado Podcast. So, my first idea was make a random bit in a weird character. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to, like, come up with some ideas of what kind of a bit I wanted to try or something like that or, like, get some suggestions from people. Um, a drawing challenge, you know, I can draw cartoony stuff, and, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out a way that I could, like, 
try to weirdly describe what I'm drawing or like get a suggestion of what to draw with like a very specific um description and like try to draw it from there and then post it to Instagram and then you guys can look at it on Instagram I don't know and then my last idea was to make up a song lyric so I don't know like I come up with like a random song like uh Banana Pancakes, which is an actual song by Jack Johnson. Making banana pancakes. Da 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 da. I don't know any of the words. And like putting my own words. Like making bacon pancakes. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bad example, but um. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you if you can, um, let me know what uh, what you guys think about uh, those ideas, or you know, give me a better idea. Like, jeez, I suck at this, clearly. So uh, go to go to my Instagram at the dot moldy dot pod that's that's my that's my instagram username um i post some stuff i think the last thing i posted was um a hair update because i like to dye my hair different colors um i have a weird addiction to that and uh you know what it's fun I have red hair, basically, but the hair dye was called magenta, so I guess I have red magenta hair. That's how I'm describing it, anyways. But yeah, um, sometimes I post funny stuff on my story. I don't know. I'm kind of a random. I'm I'm very random at posting stuff. I'm not uh, I'm not like very organized. <laughs> so, as you can probably um, notice. So yeah. Um, I hope this was a good podcast for you guys to listen to because I enjoyed my time uh, recording this. And, uh, you know, I feel way more confident in this one, even though it's like a last-minute decision to record it. And it probably sounds awful because I didn't put, uh, I didn't put a microphone on. And I probably bumped into my phone a few times and there was like a lot of rustling around. But, uh, we'll see. And hopefully I'm not too loud. (laughs) Oh yeah, I blew my nose on on this podcast. Ooh. Yeah. Well, I guess this isn't that great of a podcast, but it's the best I can do. Alright. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna say goodnight to y'all because I am going to bed now. So... Good night, my, my, mm,
peeps. Goodbye.